Blog Talk Radio. They said you wouldn't make it so far. And ever since they said it, it's been hard. But never mind the night you had to cry. Because you had never let it go inside. You were too hard. You know exactly what you want. And need to believe. And you can never give up. listening to Get Into It with Tina Conroy. I am your host on Blog Talk Radio. Our phone line will be open and that number is 516-387-1936. Also, the Blog Talk Radio chat room is open. To do that, go to blogtalkradio.com, find my show, and join the chat. You can write away and leave questions for me and Hannah, my guest. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Today is April 22nd, and happy Earth Day. We are in gorgeous, beautiful spring here on the East Coast. The grass is green, the flowers are blooming, and it's a beautiful reminder that it is here. The renewal, the rebirth, and perfect day for our topic on Earth Day. So as we begin, I would like to begin a little bit about Earth Day, and it is, to my accordance, quite new. I don't remember this growing up too much, and then it's become much more popular. I love to see all the posts today as I woke up and I saw many people hugging trees on Facebook posts, sending pictures of the world, the planet, and many, many beautiful reminders of our Mother Earth, and to be grateful and blessed for the planet that we live in? How do we treat our planet? Are we full of blessings? And how do we do that in many areas of our life, which we will get into today? Before I get into our topic, I would like to talk a few announcements. I always seem to run out of time, so I do want to give a few announcements before we begin. Next Wednesday, April 29th, I will not be broadcasting. I will be doing readings for charity for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It'll be live in person, 10-minute readings in Port Washington. And if you're interested, they will be afternoon sessions and evening sessions. You can email me or Facebook inbox me. And my email is tinaconroy111 at gmail.com. Thursday, April 30th at Practice Body, Mind, Soul in Roslyn, I'm starting a four-week chair yoga class for golf and tennis tune-up from 1.30 to 2.30. And if you're interested in that, sign up, please, by calling 516-858-3095. On Friday, May 8th, I am delighted to be a guest on Lisa Ellis's show here on Blog Talk Radio. Her show is Angels All Around Us. She was my guest last week. We had a great time. It will be May 8th at 1 p.m., and I will be doing readings on the Blog Talk Radio show with her as a co-host. Saturday, May 9th, 
Develop Your Intuition at Practice Body, Mind, Soul in Roslyn. And that time is from 12 to 6, the day before Mother's Day, a wonderful treat. Again, you can call Practice, 516-858-3095. Along the whole theme of Mother's Day, I'm going to be giving out Mother's Day specials. So if you're interested in Mother's Day specials, gift certificates for readings, anytime now between today and May 4th, $20 off any half-hour readings to be someone special in your life for Mother Day, Mother's Day. And very lastly, and there's so much in April and May, May 28th, Reiki 2, Level 2, from 10 to 4. It is a daytime event at practice, Body, Mind, Soul, 516-858-3095. I know that's a lot, but honestly, I never get the announcement at the end of the the show. So I wanted to tell you all about where I will be. So let's center. Take a moment to close your eyes. Take a nice, long, deep breath in and exhale away. Take a moment to feel your feet on the earth, grounded, blessed with Mother Earth, Your crown is tall, lifting to the sky. Feel the air around you. And envision for yourself a small earth as we send blessings. We call upon the divine, the archangels, angels, guardian angels, masters, spirit guides to guide us, support us, to bless Mother Earth, to bless all beings, peaceful, kindness, and much love. I'd like to read a very special passage for one of my very special books, To Bless the Space Between Us, by John O'Donohue. Let us bless the imagination of the earth that knew early the patience to harness the mind of time, waited for the seas to warm, ready to welcome the emergence of things, dreaming of voyaging among the stillness of land, and how light knew to nurse the growth until the face of the earth brightened beneath a vision of color. When the ages of ice came and sealed the earth inside, an endless coma of cold, the heart of the earth held hope, storing fragments of memory, ready for the return of the sun. Let us thank the earth, that offers ground for home and holds our feet firm to walk in space open to infinite galaxies. Let us salute the silence and certainty of mountains. Their sublime stillness, their dream-filled hearts, the wonder of a garden, trusting the first warmth of spring until its black infinity of cells becomes charged with dream then the silent, slow nurture of the seed self, coaxing it to trust the act of death. The humility of the earth that transfigures all that has fallen out, outlives growth. The kindness of the earth, opening to receive our worn forms into the final stillness. Let us ask forgiveness of the earth for all our sins against her, for our violence and poisonings, of her beauty. Let us remember 
within us, the ancient day holding the memory of seasons, the passion of the wind, the fluency of water, the warmth of fire, the quiver touch of the sun, and the shadowed sureness of the moon, that we may awaken to live to the full, the dream of the earth, who chose us to emerge and incarnate its hidden night in mind, in spirit, and in light. Amen. And as we bless the earth, send any intentions to the earth that you may have, to the plants, to the trees, to all beings, to the air, to the ground and soil, the waters, the mountains, the plains. Take another breath in. And exhale away. So I am delighted to have my very special guest, Hannah Packer, on my show. Hannah and I go back seven and a half years already. I cannot believe that time has gone this fast. I met Hannah at a yoga class that I was teaching at Banda Yoga in Great Neck. And it has been seven and a half years. We were reminiscing about that just the other day. It's hard to believe how fast time has flown. We've seen our children go off to college and graduate high school and many, many different things. And I am so pleased to have her on my show. She is a delight. She brings so much lightness and beauty with her. And her passion is Amazing, beautiful, beautiful passion for all that she does. Hannah is an award-winning landscape designer known for creating stunning gardens that are harmonious, sophisticated, and functional. Her projects benefit from direct involvement at all phases from design through installation and upkeep. Hannah's work has been honored with top awards and featured among the pages of design magazines, including Architectural Digest and Dwell as well as landscape specialty books. Hannah is my friend, my beautiful, amazing, flowering beauty, and I would love to bring her on. Hold on one moment. I will get her on my switchboard. Hello, Hannah. Hi, Tina. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Very good. Thank you for inviting me. I'm really honored to be on your show. And, oh, I'm um, happy to share my passion. I, I, I cannot believe, I have to tell the listeners that it was very synchronistic that today was Earth Day. It, we did not plan it that way, honestly. And it came to me, I was amazed and, well, I'm never amazed, but it's always so exciting that things synchronistically fall into place. So let us just begin to talk about your passion and a little bit of how you got interested in plants. I think it started with um, my mother instilled the love for plants in me. My mother was microbiologist, but she also had an undergraduate studies in biology. So she was incredibly knowledgeable about plants. And we always had different houseplants in our house. 
and I still remember which ones were her favorite. And I remember experimenting myself, like probably every first grader with a little bean. You you soak it and let it grow and experiment with that. So I was totally smitten with plants from very early on. Um, I didn't really study it. I just enjoyed them. Um, later on in life, I uh, when I moved from country to country, I lived in different places, um, I remember in Sweden, um, everybody treasured their houseplants because the winter was so incredibly dark and very, very long. And it was a joy. I remember my uh, coworkers had special plants in the office, and they knew all about them, and the plants really thrived and, and uh, grew very well. Um, so what else can I say? I was always smitten. So in my previous life, I, that's what I call it, I was an art director and graphic designer. And um, once I had the kids, I decided I want to change. I want to do other things. And during that time, we moved to Great Neck from New York City. And um, I had a little garden where I started experimenting with designing the space. Um, that led me to, once my kids were in kindergarten and, and elementary school, that led me to... Um, to go and study, and I pursued both horticulture and landscape design at New York Botanical Garden, and it was an amazing journey. I really love it, and I think I will be learning for the rest of my life because there is so many plants in this world, and I really, truly enjoy it. I am a member of few organizations. Of course, I am a member of uh, Association of Professional Landscape Designers, but also of Metro Hort, which is really specifically for horticulturalists in New York City area, and also indoor gardening society, which I really, really enjoy. Um, so that's about it. <laughs> which is a lot, right? But um, so did you, did you start, did you, would you say, what was it, can you remember your first garden? Did you plant your first garden or was it more of a ranging of flowers? Like I'm going back to, with you when your mom introduced you was yeah we had a, we lived in a townhouse in Warsaw and we had a small little backyard and my mom let me experiment there she grew um, special roses and she grew um, different uh, berry shrubs like gooseberry um, lingon not lingonberry um, I know French name cassis I forgot what it's called in in English sorry and um, we also had um, a plum tree and a cherry tree. Um, but my mom let me experiment. We had a dog, and mm -hmm. um, so we had to be very careful that the dog didn't destroy much. And she let me grow uh, potatoes. And I absolutely loved it because every fall I would call all the kids from the neighborhood. We will pick the fresh potatoes, and we would roast them in the open fire. We absolutely loved it. it was, there was nothing more delicious to me than eating those really burning, nearly charred potatoes from the open fire. It was some kind of fun. And growing them ourselves. Um, also, I remember we had a big patch of lily of the valley. That's my favorite um, mm. spring flower. It blooms in May. Um, or in Warsaw, did bloom in May. And I used to always pick a huge bouquet of that for my mom because it just on um, May 22nd was her name's day. Now, my daughter was born a, d a day too early, May 21st, 
and I always pick for her a bouquet of lily of the valley, which happened to come with the garden where I currently live. Uh, so she knows that she's a May girl, and um, lily of the valley is, is a May flower. I love I, the lily of valley reminds me of it's one of my favorite flowers, and it reminds me of my daughter's. It's a very you know celebration in May. It always comes in May of her communion. So around the communion time, mm-hmm. a lot of the the young children will hold the the lily of the valley as little bouquets and, you know, offer them or bring them to Mother Mary. And so I always think of that as a very, you know, beautiful mm-hmm. offering as well. Now, kind of talking about that, because you've lived in so many places. So I know you grew up in Poland. And then did you live in Sweden as well? Or yes, did you study? I, I, okay. from, Poland, I, from Poland, I moved to England because I had opportunity to go there and study English. And I went to college there. Um, and from there, I moved to Sweden, and I lived there for quite a while, I, I think about eight years. Um, I do speak fluent Swedish. I went to school there, um, and um, it, it was a very interesting place to live because people's love for plants was because of the darkness, winter darkness. It was, it was really something that was um, contagious. Hmm. Um, I remember having a lot of houseplants in my house, in my apartment in Stockholm. Um, now I feel the, the incredible um, way of keeping in touch is through Facebook and Instagram. I see exactly what my friends are doing there because I still keep keep in touch with them, so I know what's going on, uh, which is a fun thing. And then from Sweden, I moved because of the a, a job offer here in New York. I moved with a very I worked for a very large Swedish advertising agency, and I moved here, and I had a job. And also, I I wanted to move because my oldest sister lives here here with her kids, So, and we are very, very close. Now, let me ask you a little... mm -hmm. Oh, go ahead. So, I don't want to cut you off. I've been living here now for 30 years, so it's a long time. I guess what comes through my mind, because... I, I don't feel like I have a green thumb at all, although I can be um, ex- so acknowledging and blessed to look at everything. But I, I feel like that's, you know, everyone has their gifts, and it would probably be a, something I would have to put some time and energy in and to learn. So that's why I'm always, when I come to your home or you show me some of your works and your your new projects, I'm always in awe of it because it's, it's such a creation. It's so beautiful. But I, I'm thinking to myself in my mind that as you travel from place to place, it must be very different regarding the elements and the soil. So do you, you must have to adapt and know what does best in each place. I mean, now you're obviously in New York, so I I would assume you have to, if you have different plantings, you have to ask for them to come from other places. How does that all work in the cycle of, you know, the seasons? Um it's, it's, you would be surprised. Maybe Sweden is a tiny bit colder, but I think it's a very similar zone um, mm. as New as New York. Maybe a little colder. Um, definitely England on London, where I lived, um, is a tiny bit a touch warmer than New York. But it's all similar. And houseplants are houseplants because they come from the tropics. That's really oh, interesting. tropical plants. Uh, which grow, which are similar both here and in England and in Sweden and in Poland. Um, so that doesn't really matter. 
Uh, okay. Most orchids, orchids, for example, come from, um, you know, Taiwan. That's like the biggest place. But they, they live in many tropics. We have native orchids which grow here. They are very, very prized and very, um, they are actually protected uh, plants. So, so if we're talking about houseplants, that's, that's right. very, very similar. Okay, so it's okay. I understand. What um what interests you the most about plants? Was it you know what? There's so much I guess to talk about in plants, but what what interests you the most? That I think aesthetical reasons and science behind them because they all come from different places, and I kind of love to explore where they come from. Um, why do they grow this way? Are they from tropical uh, rainforests? So they are, are they growing somewhere on the tree, like epiphytes? Uh, or are they growing on the um, ground level? Um, how much light? And that will also tell you how much light will they need in your home. So I don't think anybody needs to have, I don't believe in green thumbs. I mm-hmm. think if you care about plants and if you want them, uh, nowadays with technology, it's so simple and easy. You can just set up a reminder every week on your iPhone or Android uh, to tell you, oh, time to water my plants. Uh, plants hate to be overwatered. That's actually how most people kill plants, by overwatering them. They don't That's like what I to do. Be, <laughs> that they don't like to be standing in the water. If you overwater them and you have a saucer, spill it out. Don't let the plant stand in it. Um, it's, it's better actually to uh, to water them less often than too often. Wow, I just learned so, something really big. That's a very big aha yeah. for me. I, so oh, I've been over. Thing. I've been overwatering. Uh huh. It's it's that's what I know most people do that they overwater them. All right, so now I've got to ask you a personal question. My one of my favorite plants, one of my very very favorite plant is the gardenia, which is a it's a it's a bush or a plant, right? I guess it would be considered uh-huh. a plant. It's, and it's, it's a shrub, my grand, yeah. It's my it's a shrub and it's my grandmother's most favorite and I love the smell. I love everything about it. And I cannot keep it alive. Am I overwatering it, do you think? Maybe that's what I'm doing. Actually, gardenias are not very easy plants because oh, okay. they attract like like magnets. When they are indoors, you can keep them outside during the summer and they will do really well, but they attract uh, spider mites. It's a tiny little insect, mm. which is not really very visible. And they it makes the buds fall off and drop the leaves and et cetera. Okay. Uh, so if you look at it uh, with a magnifying glass, you will be able to see it. Many plants get it. There is certain plants I never bring into my house because I just know that they attract spider mites. Uh, and they multiply very, very quickly because our indoor environment is rather dry. So um, it's, it's, it's really is, is a great place for spider mites to um, prosper. So they don't like it uh, when it's a little bit more humid. Um, if you mix the plants very often, that's very helpful. And even better if you have a little bottle, clean bottle uh, for misting, and you add a tiny tape, teaspoon of dishwashing liquid, the, the, the simplest uh, dishwashing liquid, soap. Um, that's really good. Soap 
breaks uh, surface tension and it might absolutely hate it. Hmm. So you can keep plants clean by just misting them with teeny weeny bit of soap, uh, water with soap. Wow. Okay. So now let me ask you a question. And we're getting a little off topic, but we're going to get back on topic. Do you mm-hmm. do home, I guess, like teach people about, you know, if they say they bought, say someone bought a new home, like, or someone, you know, just wants to change the decor of their home or add plants. Will you work with them and do oh, some kind Yeah, and and just kind um, of see I'm the lighting? Very, mm-hmm. I'm very interested in doing diverse projects. So I have done it when I worked for a company in Manhattan, the, one of the biggest um, landscape design build companies. Um, I designed not only gardens, but I also designed this interior planting. Um, and many clients really loved it. And then I would give them a little printed um, sheet to um, to tell them about the plants and about the uh, um, care they need. Um, I always love involving kids because kids can learn. This is a way for them to learn about uh, nature and different plants. And kids are very, very responsive. So, for for example, for my niece, I, I organized uh, for one of her birthday parties, I uh, propagated certain plants, and we talked about those plants, and the kids were able to pot those plants, and they all took them home. Um, it was really fun. They loved it. And then they, I saw them a year or two later. Oh, I still have my little, it was a little orchid, which I gave them. And, and I still have my other plant, which was really fun. So that was really good. Oh, I love that. I that al- is so great. I love that. Yeah. I, I teach also at New York Botanical Garden. Uh, since I graduated from there from two different programs, I teach um, now um, about green walls because I have designed a few of those. It's an introductory course. I teach about rooftop design and what do you need to think about when you are designing a rooftop and elements of design, what is design. I also teach another course, which is really more uh, DIY, for people who want to design their own terrace. It's it's a three-session course, and they learn about the best plants to use, uh, containers, and how to prepare everything, and about design. And it is very, very interesting. I, I really enjoy teaching. Um, this year, I will be also teaching a long course, I think it's five sessions, um, for students of professional horticulture about green roofs, not only benefits of green roofs, but also how do you build them and technical aspects of it. Wow. So it's, it's, uh, I try to diversify as much as I can. If I did one thing over and over again, I think that's that's not for me. <laughs> that's right. really I think that I, I think that's why we're friends because you know me. I'm always changing things up and I have to have a smorgasbord of things that I do. So I know that that's mm-hmm. what attracts us to each other. Um, so talking about green and Mother Earth mm-hmm. and faith being Earth Day, can you tell us a little bit about the Clean Earth Study and plants, you know, and all of that, which is so foreign to me. So this is all very new to mm-hmm. me. So... Um, Quite a few years ago, when we didn't have Internet, I always bought 50 million different books because that was the only way for me to learn more about plants and um, all that. But I also came across um, 
uh, that NASA did a clean air study. And it's, a, it's, uh, it's this um, scientist whose name is B.C. Wolverton, and his book and his studies, which were published, and it's wildly, you can really Google it, NASA Clean Air Study, and you can, it will come up with his name and et cetera. Um, in that study, they um, proved, because they were trying to figure out how to clean the air in space stations. So they tested plants. And of course, we know that plants absorb carbon dioxide and release oxygen. But then they also discovered that the plants are able to absorb um, different off-gases, really uh, poisonous gases to us. And we don't even realize that our homes contain quite a few of them. Um, we built our homes so tightly, they are so well insulated and et cetera, that there is not enough air exchange. And different uh, products you buy, for example, you get a new carpet. Maybe you didn't even know that the carpet had some kind of special adhesive in it. And that adhesive can contain a lot of different chemicals, which are, um, you, you will be inhaling them in your air. So I found this study fascinating that specific plants will, are able to absorb a lot of different chemicals like formaldehyde which is really really bad stuff to to deal with or benzene or um, xylene or toluene or ammonia and um, so this study showed exactly how much those plants were and it's not only just plants but it's also microorganisms in living in the soil in that little pot you buy from let's say Home Depot it's the whole package that cleans the air. And um, I have, for example, in my bedroom, I have probably 20, maybe 22 plants because I want clean air. And in the winter, mm -hmm. I don't open the windows a, a, a lot. What plants also regulate, they, they bring humidity level up. So that's really good to have them concentrated in areas. I have my whole now, especially after the show I did, in Sotheby's, I have my whole dining room and uh, den and everything filled with millions of plants. But it's very pleasant here. You don't have to use as much air conditioning. Uh, it's probably still early in the season because the plants regulate the temperature. So another thing which I came across through, uh, thanks to a client of mine, who told me, oh, did you read? Because I knew about uh, NASA study. But he said, oh, did you hear that TED talk? And mm -hmm. he talked about this um, Indian architect who really tries to promote um, sustainable architecture um, and try to clean up the air in India. And you've been to India, so you know the air oh, there is I, great. I, it's very, I mean, it's it, it's. I still have dreams of the smell. I mean, I've gotten used to it when I was there, but it's that is interesting. So, so he found Google, a way. Yeah, so if you Google um, this guy called Kamal Mito, he gave a um, TED Talk, probably 2009 or something, somewhere around this area. He said that he has conducted an experiment in a green building um, where he 
instead of using massive banks of, of HVAC equipment, he used, used massive banks of plants to clean the air. And it's absolutely amazing. And he was wow. able to calculate how many plants per office space per X amount of square feet you need to be able to do that. And that was really um, mind-boggling. So it also brought back to, came back to the same study that uh, NASA did. But um, so it's a very simple thing. Anybody can do it. Just go and buy a couple of plants. Um, each there is different plants which you can see on the list, uh, which absorb because they haven't tested 50 million plants. They probably only tested 20 or 30. Uh, so they all do good stuff for us, but there is specific plants will, which are better at absorbing um, different off-gases. That is, uh, that's so amazing to me. So just by having house plants, we're going to, we clean our air, we yeah. lower, we, we regulate the temperature. I find that stunning. I'm, I'm a little shocked there. Um, mm -hmm. And so less that we have to use our air conditioning and so forth. So, and I've been in your home and it's, it's, I know I haven't been there since your Sotheby's show, so I can only imagine, but I've been to your home and it's, first of all, it's just stunning and so peaceful. And that's another part of the emotional to flowers and plants that it has this really nice uh, benefit of just feeling very peaceful and calming and the beauty. So there's so many, you know, it reminds me a bit of yoga. Of course, I have to go back to yoga, but yoga has the physical benefits and the emotional benefits and the spiritual benefits. And I, I, I feel like that's the way it is for plants and flowers and green, you know, things because it, the benefits are physical now that you're saying more so than I, I mean, I know about the, the, you know, the breathing, but to, in this context, I did not. And then the emotional benefit of just the smells, the beauty, the green, the colors, the whites, the, like the orchids or the pinks or what have you. And then the spiritual, there, how many, there's so many, I remember going back to India, how many times we would enter a temple and they would do a garland of flowers and you would present or, or flower and they were part of an offering. So it's, it's all tied together and just making so much sense to me and I love the fact that we can clean our air and have plants to air filter so it's it's mm -hmm. great really good work really nice you know, like, plants have, you know also for aesthetic reasons plants are beautiful to have in your home they soften the environment um, but you also have to think about plants as living and breathing things. So that's why I said you do need to take care of them. It's not that difficult. You can choose easy to take care of plants. Uh, I have killed many plants because I just, I just couldn't handle or my conditions weren't right, even with the knowledge I have. So mm. I think it's about learning about it. And you can do it on a very inexpensive level. You can start by going to Home Depot. Just look at the plants that they are not bruised, broken, or um, try to think. And then once you have the name, I try to only buy plants which have a name tag. So you can Google it and check it. What is this plant? What does it need? Mm. How much light does it need? Uh, how much moisture does it need? Some plants require more. Some require less. Um, so that's really, really fun part about uh, learning about plants is, 
to experiment and and buy few, and it's really minimal cost. Um, so let's kind of just transgress a little bit to, um, and we both are lovers of essential oils. So talk. Can you talk? I know this could be another whole show, but can you talk a little bit about plants and essential oils? Sure. So I have always uh, been fascinated by the science behind plants. Science was my strongest subject. I was in a special program in high school where math and physics and chemistry, biology, it was all on a very high level. Um, and when once I, I was actually introduced to essential oils by my dear friend Tina. First, <laughs> I, <laughs> first I loved it because of the aroma. Uh, I have an incredible sense of smell, and I love certain oils because of the way how they smell. And I didn't realize that they really made me feel happier and better just smelling something good. Of course, nobody wants to smell bad stuff. But um, the, the essential oils, so I started learning about it and studying, and I found out that it's, oh, my God. Here is all my knowledge in organic chemistry comes back to me. They have incredible healing power. And we know that plants heal. I mean, most of the medicines are derived from plants. Um, but here we can use simple things instead of using harsh antibiotics. Uh, instead of killing all the beneficial bacteria in our system, you know, we can... Uh, maybe heal ourselves in a different way using power of essential oils. And that's what I find fascinating. It's a long way ahead of me to learn everything about it, but I'm taking step by step. And I study specific um, oils for what, how, how beneficial can they be. Recently, I was feeling, I was really, I had a really miserable cold. And, of course, I ran out of my most important seeds. Um, but I used to try to use other oils, and I recently got um, an oil blend called RC. And I have to tell everybody, this thing cured my constant stuffiness at night. I felt like I couldn't breathe. Uh, my nose was always stuffy. Since I'm diffusing that oil, I feel 100 times better. It's amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing. And, you know, it brings me back to we just talked about I always remember it was not my mom, but was my mom's neighbor. And she had that aloe plant in her kitchen. And she would say, you know, she showed mm -hmm. me it was the first time. I remember being very young. And I remember her opening it and showing it to me. And I was in awe that this plant could heal, you know, the, the burns and things. So, I mean, plants have been a medicinal healer for forever. And so the yeah. essential oils are just properties of that, you know, blended. Mm -hmm. And and obviously we know that we can add them to you know topically and infuse them and I know you're I don't know if I to share with everybody how amazing you're a baker how you, when you bake so well yes I I, I <laughs> you love, really are I you really are I amazing. do like cooking but I love baking and I use essential oils in all my uh, things I have this fantastic recipe. Uh, for very light uh, French um, souffle-like cheesecake. And I add lemon essential oil to it because it calls for uh, grinding a rind of a, um, of a whole lemon. And I never like doing it. 
Mm. Now I don't have to do it. I'm just putting five drops of essential oil in, and it tastes amazing. So, so one so thing I want to say about plants um, that people don't realize that many plants are very beneficial for us, like let's say we can eat kale, lettuce, and et cetera, but there are many plants which are not, um, which are poisonous. Mm-hmm. So if you buy, if you have very small children, you need to look up which plants are poisonous and which are not. For example, English ivy, very poisonous. Non-native plants, we don't really need it here. It actually displaces our native plants. So um, let's think about it, how poisonous it is. Um, the same thing, people who have pests, it's really important to look up on a, um, APSA, um, animal, uh, I forgot the name. Oh, um, a, of the organ- yes. Animal um, ASPCA? No. You, yes. Yeah, ASPCA. You can look up all poisonous plants to cats and dogs and horses and etc. That's really important to know. Right. Um, because it's the same thing with essential oil. Anything you do in nature, there is positive things and there is negative things. It's always a balance. So I think when you use essential oils, a very important thing is to do, you have to study. You can't just use it because somebody says so. You have to know why and what and what does it do and how beneficial it is. What does it contain? Oh, okay, maybe it will, this chemical inside, this organic compound inside, maybe it will interact with some kind of medication, I think. You need to check it out. Absolutely. some people, you know, it's, there is many uh, essential oils, let's say lavender, it's super safe and it's so beneficial to us. Healing properties of lavender are just amazing. Um, but we also have to know when not to use and what and why. Right, right. To be, and now we have so much information at our fingertips with, with the internet, so it's nice. Um, I'm mm-hmm. going to just Shout out to my switchboard. If there's anybody listening that has a question for Hana, please hit, I believe it's pound one, and then I will pick you up. Um, anything, questions about plants in your home, uh, or maybe you have a particular plant that's not doing so well, that needs a little TLC, or anything regarding um, the clean air filtering. So I'm just going to kind of look at the switchboard. So anyone that's listening, you just have to hit Pound one, I will see your hand wave. Let's move over to the chat. Uh, There's people out there. They're just quiet. They're quiet. Okay. Now let's give everybody a little bit. So I don't see anybody raising their hand at the moment. So if they do, I'll just shout out to them and pick them up. Mm -hmm. Where can... um, so we talked a little bit about resources, and so I know you used to refer more to books, but now what would you say, so kind of a twofold question. People that are just interested in day-to-day, plants in their home, and then also there might be people listening that are, this is, their, this is what they do, this is their profession. So kind of the first, we can go to the first question, what's a good resource for people, uh, everyday people, plant things in their home, you know, house plants, things like that? Go to any local nursery and check it out uh, and write down, don't buy anything just on, on a whim. 
I think I would write down all different plants that you like, go back home, research it. Is it suitable plant? Is it load light? Many nurseries have a fantastic staff on hand, which can help you and will tell you what is low level, low light plant and where you can place it in your home, which plants will need. Sometimes the tag will tell you that. You can go to any nursery, local nursery where you are. You can go to Home Depot, Lowe's, and find good plants. So um, it's really, or you can hire somebody like me, and I will evaluate what's a good plant for your home, where to get and what size, and also suitable container. Because whenever you plant something, even in your home, it's really important that you think about proportion of the back to design, proportion of the container to the plant you are placing in it. That has to look good, but it also has to look good in your home. So it has to be suitable container for the home decor. And there is so many choices. You can buy modern containers. You can buy uh, traditional terracotta containers, which I always like. Um, they are simple and good, and they let the hot breezes. Um, there is beautiful fiberglass containers, clay, uh, glazed uh, um, earthenware containers, so metal. Uh, so there is containers galore out there. So you can choose what's the right look for your home. Once you, I think it's harder to find good containers than plants. Once you find a like, nice container, you can take it with you and go to um, the nursery or um, big box store and see if it will fit. I don't recommend anybody to repot the plants immediately. I think plants come from nursery. There is plenty of good soil in it, and um, it's a huge shock for a plant to be repotted. I would say you repot it every two or three years, depending on the plant. Um, so that's kind of my advice to everybody about uh, getting plants. Um, local areas. You don't have to go to anywhere special. Of course, there is flower district in New York City on 28th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue, but that's really mostly wholesale, so you won't be able to get into many of these stores, and, um, but there are some stores there which are retail stores, and uh, they will sell to you too, and you will have fantastic variety of plants. So that's about it. You can also buy plants online, but I was never a big hmm. proponent of doing that. Wow. Because you will get a tiny little thing. There is a lot of nurseries which will sell you plants for your garden. But I don't think you realize that you are buying something in a tiny three-inch pot, and it, it will be one little uh, four-inch stick. Right, uh, right. So that's a little risky. I mean, you can buy even trees over Internet, but I have bought one Japanese maple a uh, long, long time ago for my sister because I wanted this specific cultivar and it came from uh, Oregon. Um, and it's, it's doing very well. But we did have to wait quite a while for it to right. grow up. Right, sure. So I want to tell the listeners a little bit. I know the Sotheby's Showcase has wrapped up, but maybe you can share yes. a little bit about your your last couple. Was it a couple of days or a week or so, or maybe more than that? Week. It was a whole week. So it was an incredible um, a privilege to be asked to design together with a friend of mine, Susan Cohen, um, uh, to design for Sotheby's um, front entrance and a back garden. Um, 
they asked us to incorporate different uh, items they were trying to sell. It's an auction house, so of course um, they were selling everything there um, which we had to use. Um, they invited 10 interior designers or 11 interior designers and us um, to participate in the show. So uh, we created a garden. We had to deal with a very tight and narrow space and had to leave enough area for people to walk by. Um, so that's one of the pictures we posted um, yesterday on Tina's um, on, for the event, showing how it looks like. So for that, I created my little plant sculptures, and they are actually now for sale. I, I go to a special grower which grows those miniature moss orchids. Um, they are all very fresh. They will bloom for at least two to three months, and they are really easy to take care of. I have tested many, many different plants. Which ones will grow? I call it plant sculptures or string gardens. I saw once in, an, on, um, in a garden magazine an artist, a florist, who does that in Amsterdam. And I was totally smitten and I said, <laughs> I need to figure out how to do it. Mm -hmm. So I do it very differently than he does. And then I learned more about it, that it's really on, based on an ancient art of kokedama from Japan, when they take a plant and they wrap the root ball with clay, and then they put moss on top of it, and either they display it on a beautiful dish, or they wrap string around it and hang it. So it's a mm. string hanging garden. And I just love the concept. They're beautiful. And yeah, so it's it's I for this show I only used white flowers because we knew that the area is not going to be very bright, and um, we used white hydrangeas and at the entrance and orchids. Um, so it, it it was really fun. It was I had incredible response because the um, Sotheby's organized um, together. Um, they had Architectural Digest as a co-sponsor. And they organized um, a huge um, cocktail party where they had, I don't know, 900 people come in. Mm. And um, so everybody wanted to stay in our area and sit down on a bench. My friend um, brought in her own bench from her own garden. It's a very old teak bench, um, English style. And uh, everybody wanted full of moss and lichen on it. And everybody wanted to sit down and take pictures there. And people were very, very interested. So I was really happy. I was able to sell quite a few when we were taking the show down. Uh, but I still have a lot because I did make a lot of them for the show. So do you want to give the listeners your email? Maybe they can just reach out um, to you if you're... Yes, or... they can check my web website, Hannah Packer Design, and reach me that way. My phone and my email is there. Um, so that I think is the simplest way. Now, so what my about email is? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Your email my, is my Hannah at hannahpackerdesign dot com, and I right. spell Hannah without an H at the end, so it's only H A N N A. Okay. And what about your Instagram? Because I love following the pictures. So how do we follow uh, you on Instagram? I would love people to start following me more because my kids <laughs> always laugh at me. They said, Mom, you really don't know how to tag your pictures. <laughs> you don't put enough tags for people to follow you. 
Right. So uh, my Instagram is also at Hannah Packer Design. And I post a lot of uh, pictures related to plants or my cooking, if I'm baking something interesting, or my fabulous dog, Cupcake, which is I'm a writing it in, I'm writing it into the chat room, Instagram, follow Hannah right here. Yeah. Let's see, whoever's on there. Fantastic. That, w- that would be fun. And please always ask me questions. Send me an email, uh, call me or anything um and if i can uh, you know if i can answer then and there um i will be more than happy to to help and uh you can also send me an email perfect because i know for someone like me that i i wouldn't even really know what's what's more shady in my house what's more breezy maybe you know it shouldn't be i would i don't really have that at the moment to know well, maybe this plant should not be near the heating vent or this plant should not be by the window or maybe it should be by this room. So some you you would be so helpful to me, and I'm sure there's many people out there that want these plants in their home and want house plants for all the beautiful benefits, but they just don't they don't really know. And we we're not we when we learn more and you know, sometimes we can learn obviously a lot in books and we can learn a lot on the internet, but I really believe that having that one-on-one approach is so nice. So, um, so at everybody who's listening out there, if you want to beautify your home, and also for obviously gifts, we have Mother's Day coming up, which is always about flowers, it seems, and beautif- beautification. So please reach out to Hannah. And we're pretty close to wrapping up. I can't believe the hour has gone by. Um, I'm going to pull one card for our show, Hannah, and it's from the fairies because the fairies remind me of the garden. Uh And I'm just shuffling the cards. And so this card is for everybody listening, if you're listening live or on the recording. And it's a beautiful card. I'll have to post it in the Facebook event. And it's visualization. And the fairy is really pretty card. She's sitting in a pond of water, and there is sprouts and lily pads. Uh, coming out around, and it's just really pretty. So visualize your home, visualize our earth, and all filled with this beauty. And uh, I thank you for your passion and for your expertise today and and just for being my friend and sharing all your passions with me. So it's always a delight. Thank you so much. Thank you. It, it was really a privilege to be on your show. I really appreciate and I'm very grateful to you. Oh, I'm thank very you grateful too. to you also for being my yoga teachers because that's what keeps me going, so to say. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right. What would we What would we do without the yoga, right? <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't think so. I would be able to move or do anything I, I like doing. Oh, so thank you so really much. Important. Thank you. I thank appreciate you. it. All right. Have a okay. great day, Hannah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. I just want to let everybody know that all my shows are recorded on podcast, and now I am available on iTunes. So you can go to iTunes, and I have many shows that are recorded in podcast, and it's been very easy to listen to all the shows. Thank you once again for tuning in to Get Into It with Tina Conroy. It was a pleasure to spend a little bit of Earth Day with you as we continue to enjoy the rest of the day. Bless the Earth. I bless each and every one of you listening. 
and have a beautiful day. Namaste. They said you wouldn't make it so far uh And ever since they said it, it's been hard But never mind the night you had to cry Cause you had never let it go inside You worked too hard You know exactly what you want and need So believe and you can never give up